0: the following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series, Identity Theft will do just that, help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. This is Part B You see, we could have two, three, four doctrines and God is into a process of reducing us to nothing to dumb us down so that we may find the true wisdom that is inside the mind of Christ, that is inside your mortal body, if you're indwelt. If you're not indwelt, then you're dumbing yourself down. You're rising up against the knowledge of the holy by self-wisdom. It also tells us in Ezekiel 28, 13 through 14, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The ruby, which means red blood. The topaz, the diamond, which is been the symbol of the hardest rock on the face of the earth. Tough, sturdy. The beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the lapis, the turquoise, the emerald, gold, all by the workmanship of the settings and sockets was in you. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers. And I placed you there. And you were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. The stones of fire in heaven, on the altar, that is real. It's really a place is the symbol of being able to walk through the trials and tribulations and persecutions and distresses and not be burned. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's not the camper, is it? Okay. You see, it's always been a symbol to God because it's a real thing in heaven. So for God to allow us to go through these fiery coals, he wants to show us the miracle that it really can be done without being burned by Satan in his knowledge. The other key point here is that Satan, this is the scripture that is showing us that he was this angel that had wings that covered The mercy seat. Mercy seat. Throne of God. When he took pinion and put an O on the front of it, remember you either adds or deletes to God's words, that O pinion, he became known for his second name, pride. He revealed the mercy seat of God. He revealed God. God was covered. He committed the very sin, the first sin, that was explained to us again, when Noah and his boys, one of them uncovered his father's nakedness and the others covered. Satan replicated this sin. Even in the reset button after the flood. This is a critical piece to understand what Satan does. His knowledge and wisdom is to reveal people, to uncover them. Not to cover them. I'm smarter than you. I have three degrees. You should listen to me. That is opposite of the way that God functions. Ezekiel 28, 15 through 17 says, You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence and you sinned. Therefore, I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God. Violence is the first thing that gets inside the heart. From violence is where we get the sin. Vile, violation. People think violence comes from slapping. Vile, violation, comes from dishonoring the absolute authority of the living God. He had violations in him. He made a decision to violate. And then sin entered in. And then from sin, God said, you need to leave now. Which wasn't even his self-choice. He was cast out, put on a formless planet that didn't have a single grape on it. There was nothing On this planet. You think you can try to live on Mars? You should have tried to live on this planet before creation. It was formless. Quote, unquote. This was his destination, and it will be formless again someday. Literally every form of life will be torched. And there will be this hardened, formless shell with fire constantly burning from the inside of this planet that every person who refused the indwelling life of Christ will burn like hell forever. People don't consider hell anymore. They don't look at the fire. They don't look at the symbolism. They don't look at the seriousness of why God cast him out put him on a formless planet, goes through this process of breathing life out of deadness just to get the bride of Christ. And if you think that all of you people that are listening are going to go to heaven, boy, are you deceived. Do you know that out of a hundred people who claim to be Christians, that only ten of them really are? Ten. Very few people who are running around saying, I know Jesus, I worship Jesus, I know God, I read the Bible, I go to church. I I don't care. Going to church does nothing for you. In fact, it's going to make you angry. Particularly if you have a decent preacher. The 10% are the few that are actually going to make it. And the rest are of this beast we're talking about tonight. So here he was. Your heart was lifted up proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of splendor. I cast you to the ground. I put you before kings that they may see you. I sensed an evil spirit today. But I couldn't see him. I didn't want him. And when I went to do my walkthrough with the message in my office today, it was still there. Well, look at our topic for tonight. And discouragement and affliction and whatever it is that they do. And I just stopped for a moment. And I got in contact with the Lion of Judah. And the Lion of Judah, Jesus Christ, basically says, This is not a problem. Speak forth the truth, and the truth shall chase the darkness away. You don't need a special prayer. Speak the truth, and the lies will be cast away. Turn. The light on. No, but we want special formulas. God reminded me that's not how it works. It's the release of life and light. Ezekiel twenty-eight eighteen and 19 says this. By the multitude of your iniquities, in the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. You understand that Satan's job in heaven was twofold. One was he was to cover the mercy seat with his pinions. And number two, he was to sing 24 hours a day. Worship. He was the angel of the harp. The stringed instrument. That literally brings out the melody and the heart of God. And here we have this defiled music man, this defiled one who reveals authority instead of covers them. And God says, Get out. You have. Profane the sanctuary. That's what they call this room, remember? Oh, but you can let that just blow by because if you are of liberal thought and you're trying to figure out what I just said, you're not going to get it. The sanctuary of the living God is your mortal body. It's the housing place of the Holy Spirit, which is the most powerful spirit being that ever was and ever will be. But it's no big deal, is it? It's a real big deal to Satan that you never get that peace, that you must have the Holy Spirit living inside you, indwelling you, before you can escape this next diagram. The original traits of Lucifer... He had the seal of perfection. What became the opposite of that after he was filled with violence? Violence is anything from having a thought of someone, of not liking them, to killing them. It doesn't make any difference. You're going to violate them. So here he was, the seal of perfection, to the seal of imperfection of damnation. Damnation is not a swear word. Damnation is a place who people who God has labeled as profaned. Profanity comes from this doctrine. If God has decided you are profaned and you're profaning the sanctuary of the living God, you're in serious trouble. Secondly, he was full of God's wisdom before his great fall. What did he become? What is his present trait today? Full of demonic wisdom, which is nothing more than selfish ambition and independent thinking. If you think that you need to be in charge of your own life, you don't have one. And To you, I say, get a life. And I sure hope that life is Jesus Christ's life, so you can have a Christ's life worldview. But any of your independent thinking is just pure demonic. That's all it is. Then he had perfe- he was perfect in beauty, and then he became imperfect in his vain beauty. Satan is not going to show up looking like Jesus. Jesus. Listen carefully, you body oriented people. Jesus was not good enough. Secondly, you need to understand what this passage is saying He was perfect in beauty. Jesus was not, He was unbecoming in appearance. So I am not looking for an unbecoming savior for the Antichrist. I'm looking for a perfectionist Christ. He's going to show up in this body perfectionism. He'll go to the gym twice a day. He'll eat the right things. He'll do the right things. He'll... It's going to look perfect because people associate perfect beauty with God. And I'm afraid you're wrong. God is not into body perfectionism. He's into creationism, the way he made you. He was perfect in knowledge of the holy. What is he today? Imperfect and replicated knowledge. He was covered with jewels of a high priest. Do you know that every single one of those jewels that are defined in the scripture that we read tonight are the exact jewels that is in the breastplate of the high priest? Does that mean anything to you? It means tons to me that he is self-proclaiming himself as the great religious high priest of the world. But it also tells me that before his fall, God made him and prepared the sockets for these jewels so that he was this high priest to represent Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Do you think he was content with that? No. So he tried to rise up even above his beautiful, perfect position he was given. And he shall come back as a high priest, the false prophet. Anointed to cover the mercy seat. When he fell, purposed to uncover the sins of man. Then he walked with God on the holy mountain, and today walks in and after unholiness. And then finally, he's blameless in all of his ways. These are all taken from the scriptures. And today, he's blamed for all things. So, here's what Jeremiah 10.14 says. I do actually get comments, primarily texts from some people, because I use the term stupid a lot. In my messages. Get this. Jeremiah 10.14 says. Every man is stupid. Devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols. For his molten images are deceitful. And there is no breath in them. Well, in the Hebrew, you already know what stupid is. In the Hebrew, the translation for this knowledge is knowledge of the holy. So it's saying every man thinks that they know the truth. Because remember, stupid is knowing the truth and not having the ability to apply it. So every man thinks they know the truth. They're devoid of knowledge. They have no knowledge of the holy. See, they're like Satan. Satan went from knowledge of the holy to knowledge about the holy. It's called religion. Or religious thought. The end result is he forms these paintings on the wall of these gay Jesuses. Or maybe a statue I destroyed a life-size painting that I did of Christ sitting on the throne after judgment. Because I came in one day to work, and I mean, it was life-size. And there was one of our residents in a wheelchair worshiping Christ through this picture. Off the wall it came, and I destroyed the painting. He was appalled. See, that's what humans do. We pray to paintings. We put more glory in museums than we do in the throne of God. We tend to idolize what we do understand, and we tend to disregard the things we don't understand, and we don't understand the things of God, unless we have the mind of Christ in us to understand the things of God. God is literally setting up railways that are going to lead us right to Christ in our stupidity. God needs stupid people who are without knowledge so that they want the real knowledge and they don't want to be stupid. All things truly do work together for the good. So here's what happened. In this diagram, it's basically showing us the present traits of Satan, which we just went through. And here's how they're manifested in man. So seal of imperfection, the human is born into Satan. I have heard probably a thousand plus preachers preach on the reality of being born into sin, right? When you're born, you're born into sin. This is why we need salvation. Here's how salvation works. Here's the prayer. Here's the booklet you get afterwards. Why not say it exactly the way the original text says it? You're born into Satan. He's your father. He's your king. He's your ruler. He's your professor. He's your teacher. He's your idol. Why do we lukewarm this message of being born into sin? Sin is so relative today. They're called mistakes. We're getting farther and farther away from the original text. We're born into Satan. That should scare the hell out of you. There's hell in you. You're born with it. Your destination is complete. And you are in need of a desperate savior who wants to desperately come to save you from your father, Satan, Dr. Satan. But since 90% of you are going to blow that by, let's go to point number two. Satan's full of demonic wisdom, so on the human side, it's full of Satan's knowledge, self-thought. He doesn't want glory for you to look at him and say, oh, that's what you look like. Good job on that interpretation, by the way, Dr. Satan. That was excellent. Can I get your book on it? Yeah, it's called Satan's Hour. Or you can get it on, it's not free on the internet, It's everywhere. we don't talk like that. He wants you to have self as your idol, as your own God, so that you literally will indirectly worship him because he's your daddy. The next one, the imperfect and vain beauty is body perfectionism for humans, and then imperfect replicated knowledge, and then Humans do knowledge of God versus the mind of Christ in them. Big difference. Then we have this covered with jewels of the false prophet. And then over on the human side, we have obsessed with wealth and self care. And then on Satan's side, it's purpose to uncover sins of man. The human side excuses sins of self and others. That's just a mistake, maybe. On Satan's side, it walks in and after unholiness. And on human side, it walks in and after fleshly desires. The juice you get for your evil desires comes from the juice of Satan. There is no third source for juice. Whose cup are you drinking from? 602 2982. Finally, Satan is blamed for all things. And of course, on the human side, it's blamed for all self-produced sins. The soul who sins is a soul that dies. Why do I keep saying 90% do a blowover on this? Because 90% of our listeners are rebellious people. They are relative thinkers. They are relative obedient. If they kind of like the message, they might think it through. I don't care if you don't think it through. If the Holy Spirit has not touched your heart and mind with anything within this message, I don't care. If the Holy Spirit has touched your heart and mind, and there's something happening inside you, there's a stirring that happens it might be wise to call out to the great I am. Because you, as the I am, as I'm going to show you now, is not going to get the job done. Here we have Isaiah chapter 47, verses 10 and 11. It says, you felt secure in your wickedness and said, no one sees me. You know, sin in private. We've all done it. No one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge, they have deluded you. Well, I have never known God's wisdom and knowledge to delude me. It fires me up. It literally empowers me. The word of God is alive and sharper than a two-edged sword. It can literally divide the soul from the spirit, the joints from the marrow. When it is spoken. That's the power of a great preacher. You see, that's not what's being communicated to us by this great prophet. Say your knowledge is deluding you. Your self-thought, your logic, your humanism, your self-actualization, it's deluding you. He's not done. For you have said in your heart, what? I am somebody. Now our listeners, here's actually what it says. I am and there is no one beside me. I am self-actualized. I meditate three times a day. I go to yoga classes. Now some of you 70s people know exactly what I'm about to tell you because I used to worship Maharishi who started Transcendental Meditation. One of the most evil demonic religions that are on the face of the earth but also one of the most clever because the term self-actualization came out of Maharishi. Guess what it's called today? I have the documented historical report if you would like a copy at 602. It's called Yoga. Guess what? one of the most popular programs being adopted by the church today? Christian Yoga. How do you put Jesus Christ in a demon? Answer me at 602. That is ridiculous. But that's how Satan does it. He just shifts it down one more gear. And then we call it Jesus Yoga. You know how proud the Hindus are for capturing, I'm quoting, America? through self-actualization. Now, if you're as old as I am, you could literally document the transition. But for you new millennials, it's new. Man, you gotta go to the Christian yoga class in our church. It's awesome. I feel better. I'm looking good. Oh! Um! Somebody, and that's the end result you're deluded there is no one ever going to convince me that Jesus will possess a demon and that's what this garbage is saying people thinking their knowledge their wisdom is somehow going to be purified and made holy with a big H, and it's deluding them, but yet making them smarter, and their professor, Dr. Satan, is giving them degrees for it. What an idiot! He goes on to say, but evil will come on you which you will not know how to charm away. You see, most people can fix a fix it God's got fixed on them to get them fixed from always trying to fix themselves. He does. You see, that is the original way that he said it is, but an evil is going to come upon you, and there's just no way that your charm, your self-actualization, your knowledge, your logic, your whatever is going to be able to get you out of, because I'm going to heap it on you so. Fast. you will come to your knees, either on this side or on this side. If you come to your knees on this side, you can have the indwelling life of Jesus. If you come on your knees on this side, you're going to hell. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. All other pathways, my Hindu friends, and I have a lot of them, all other pathways are going to send you to the pit of hell. Your feet will burn on those burning coals forever. That's the message. God will not be mocked with this deluded knowledge that you're hanging on to. Here's some questions. What tree are you sitting under? Where do you gather your knowledge? Are you dedicated to logic and reason? Are you obsessed over self-thought? Are you dedicated to science? You might be a person of demonic wisdom if you answer yes to any of those questions. But here's the cool thing. There is actually hope. Seriously, when I was doing my review this afternoon, I was kind of like, man, there's just a lot of devil in this. We've got to end this thing on a positive note, Lord. And the positive note is really simple. I did the scary version of going to your knees on this side, going to your knees on that side. Pathway of the cross of Christ through you is the revelation of which tree that you're sitting under the one on the left is the tree of knowledge of good and evil and that's all the stuff we talked about tonight the tree on the right is the tree of life the circle that you are staring at the PDF is available to you either on your desktop or on your phone just open it up and you'll see these slides but you have the person who is actually indwelt by Christ, who has the tree of life inside them that has all the fruit of the Spirit, and then Christ is pouring himself out, his mind is pouring himself out into the human mind. The will chooses to believe it. The motion it comes out into the, the body, the carcass as behavior. That's how simple this is. But going from the tree of knowledge and getting back to the tree of life, if you're an indwelt believer at the University of Satan, becomes extremely impossible. You're going to need a miracle to come home. Prodigal. But those of you who just kind of tamper with going over to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, I would definitely put myself in that category. I hate living under the tree of knowledge. I can sense it very quickly if I'm there too long. And the Lord goes, hello, what are you doing here? Go on, get back over there. You don't belong here. You preach against this tree. So, All of the indwelts either hang out like a coffee shop at the tree of knowledge, or they are living through the tree of life. Christ in you, Christ pouring himself out through you. I hope that you join us next week as we continue this topic. We're actually going to break it down into some very refined details of our topic Our booklet, as you know, that we're putting together is called, Oh My God, My Child's a Millennialist. Now what we're going to do is bring it down to practical parenting and child behavior. So we are going to take the tree of knowledge and very strategically and objectively see what ways that are in the world that are actually affecting our children with this Dr. Satan. Someone before we quit, give me an example of this. Well, I'll be blunt. Public education. Most parents don't have a clue what's being said to their kids. And those into all Christians who do send their children to public education and are responsible when the child comes home, they deprogram them. That'd be the minimal thing to do, right? Would you learn today? Well, that's not really what God says. Throw that one out. The problem is it's already in there. That's the kind of things we're going to talk about. How do you preserve your child television-wise? How do you preserve your child game-wise? How do you preserve your child uh, public school-wise? How do you... I'm not going to be necessarily being against some of these venues because... We live here. We have to live here. Billboards, you know, they're, they're in our life. What you do with them is the key. And any of you who are going to go through this process with us, this is going to take us a handful of weeks to get through this list, as I shared with you before. And as we go through this, any of you parents that are going to tend to lean on the whining and complaining of your children because they're going to figure this out real quick, is they're going to lose stuff in this process. Do not listen to your children. Your children are supposed to listen to you. And if you tend to listen to your social media and your games, and your television shows, and your idols, then you have a problem. Your child will become a very disturbed Generation z -er. They will, listen to me carefully before we quit this podcast, they will pay you back. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.